What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. My name is Ken Swanson. This is the Arrowhead Pride Laboratory. It's a special edition. We are insta-reactioning the only practice that has been made available to Chiefs fans. We're just going to dissect and overanalyze every little bit of morsel we could get from the one-hour practice that we saw at Arrowhead Stadium. And here to help me do that are my dear pals, as always. First, find him on Twitter, at Chief in Carolina. Maddie Lane, hello, my friend. Glad to have you back, Kent. We uh, we missed you earlier this week. I know everybody was worried that you couldn't find the proper hair care product and the right amounts, but it seems like you were back. You have a hat on it today. That's okay. That should tell you how the that should tell you how finding all my products went. Oh, that's true. And you were late to get on our live watch of practice. Like I can only assume you had another emergency run out to the store this morning and it just didn't go well. But uh, we're also joined by Craig Stout, you know, the Renaissance man, the best voice of Chiefs Kingdom out there. How you doing today, bud? What? What is that? That's I, I will not stand for that at all. I'm just very ready to talk and overanalyze a practice without pads a practice without any real game speed, anything like that. We are going to talk a lot about a lot of stuff that, frankly, could be nullified as soon as you put pads on, as soon as you're running around at full speed. Let's go. Let, let's just start with this. There is no player X look good today. There is none of that. Speak for yourself. There is, there is zero chance that you can, you can have any evaluation of how a player went today because the 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 defense versus offense like if it was the first team offense the defense was kind of going like half speed so like Clyde Edwards Alaire shook Bill Gay out of his out of his shoes but it was like they were barely moving there was one player Bo Pete Keys was like 30 yards off the receiver outside and like it's just these guys are like jogging so like I'm not going to say player x look good because it's just it's basically it's it, it's glorified verse air. Um but I want to push think, back real quick. And oh I no. think we might get to him, but Nick Kaiser looked good. And the only reason I say Nick Kaiser looked good is because he's supposed to be the blocking most traditional tight end of this group. He very clearly moves better than Daniel Helm and he was moving better than Ricky Seals Jones Jr. who's supposed to be a more athletic tight end. So Ricky Seals Jones yeah, move Rough. is a very generous word for what he did out there. No, I just, that's the only thing I want to say is Nick Kaiser looked much more athletic than he did last year. And I know he talked about, spent a lot of time this last offseason working on his explosiveness in terms of his training. So I just, I think it showed up. I do think he moves more athletically than he did last year. And he looks like the second most athletic tight end out there on the field. So I, I am going to take away that he looks better than he did last year from this. There's not much more than that, though. Correct. Okay. Thank you. Uh, I think one of the things you can take away from, though, is where people are lining up. And I think that's really the big takeaway, takeaway we got. We had several players that um, you know we wanted to kind of just profile and talk about that are pretty important to the roster construction of this team and you know who you're going to see on Thursday in a couple weeks. And we start with this. Fourth-round pick, Legereus Sneed, getting... Not just a little bit of run with the ones, but a lot of run with ones in multiple periods of the practice. That is extremely noteworthy, Maddie. Absolutely. I think we kind of talked about, and I, Craig may have even wrote about it or just talked about it most recently, and that they talked about multiple players getting reps at the cornerback opposite of Charvarius Ward, and we thought maybe that was kind of hinting at it not being Legereus Sneed. 
I think I've done a full 180 kind of since we heard Steve Spagnuolo talk about that for the simple fact that he got all of the reps with the ones again. They played him across from Charvarius Ward and every single possible chance they could have when they did the first team secondary. Now, also worth noting, Charvarius Ward played almost exclusively left cornerback, which last year he played on the right side of the defense every single rep, except for when there was no receivers over there. Sneed was opposite of him now. He got every rep. Rashad Fenton looked to be more of a depth player in the slot and on the outside. Antonio Hamilton looked to be a depth player mostly in the slot, sometimes taking that Kendall Fuller role where he was playing a little slot safety kind of thing. Legereus Sneed, it looks like it's his job to lose at this point in time. Maybe this is all for show. Maybe it's just to get him reps, but that was a lot of run that the one, the first team defense did, and Legereus Sneed got all of it compared to those other guys. Absolutely the case. And like Maddie said, Antonio Hamilton, kind of the guy that we were talking about as maybe a guy that we didn't necessarily want on the boundary, is playing that kind of slot safety Kendall Fuller role as Sam Madison had kind of discussed. That's great. I think that fits him best of anything that he could potentially do on the defensive side of the ball, not special teams there. Legereus Sneed makes me wonder if Steve Spagnuolo is trying to light a little bit of a fire under him, trying to get him to play faster, trying to get him to step up to that role, knowing that he's going to need him, knowing that he's going to have that. So by saying, well, there's multiple guys there, he's telling Legereus Sneed, you haven't won the job yet. You need to go out there, perform, listen. You know, he did call him out a little bit in the presser. Then we get on the field today, all the ones reps. Every single rep, he was opposite of Charvarius Ward there. So I think that that tells you that maybe they're trying to get him to play with more urgency get him on the same page as everybody else because they know they're going to need him early. Yeah. And there's developmental, different developmental paths for guys and they're playing. There's probably some gamesmanship. Like just first off, I think just point blank. I think, you know, this is the only chance that some teams are going to be able to advance out the chiefs was this practice. Mm -hmm. So I, there could be a little bit of gamesmanship happening here too with Legarius and some other guys we're going to talk about here in a little bit. Um, I, I was listening to the move the sticks podcast the other day with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks and teams are scouring Twitter for little highlights about players. Um, this it's legitimate. Like the teams are, teams are in the dark as in the dark as we are. So we're overanalyzing everything we can. They've kind of got to base things off of what they're seeing too. So Legereus need, it could be that they just want to get him more reps, get him mentally you know, taking more reps every single, you know, as many times as they could. It could be gamesmanship. Maybe we're going to see somebody else out there week one at cornerback. Um, one other note that I thought was interesting at the corners, it did seem like Bo Pete was kind of moving up the jet depth chart a little bit. He might be in that cornerback five-ish range, which is good for him. That, you know, he had a slow start. He had to catch up. And, uh, you know, Dave Tobe talked about his ability on special teams a little bit as a gunner. Uh Positive signs for Bo Peep Keys, I think. I think there's a you know good chance that he's going to make this team. And one of the guys that's going to make this team for sure, Ben Neiman. Uh, starting base Will and Dimebacker. <laughs> Restrain yourself, kid. You don't. I know. Yeah. I'm trying. We're all trying. They, we, we heard rumors. We heard Ben Neiman talking about playing in multiple roles and being willing to fill any of the roles at any given time it kind of made it sound like he was the backup for everything then the Chiefs got into their base defense today and Damian Wilson was lined up at the Sam where Willie Gay is lined up with the twos and Ben Neiman lined up as the base will 
Now, when they went to the nickel, Ben Neiman came off the field. They left Hitchens and Wilson on the field, much like they did at the end of last year. But then when they went back to the dime, it was Ben Neiman again. So Ben Neiman, at this point, probably factors in, if today's practice is to be believed, for almost 50% of the snaps for this defense. That's a big deal. Because the Chiefs drafted an athletic linebacker to kind of play this will roll to be able to cover, maybe hopefully as a dime linebacker. And right now, it doesn't look like he's going to be seeing the field unless he beats out Damian Wilson. Now, lots of things can change here, but today showed us that they count on Ben Neiman, that they like Ben Neiman. And Ben looks a little bit bigger. They've talked about him adding strength. He looks a little bit bigger, but it does seem like the defense is going to be predicated on him having a good season. That's kind of the opposite of what we thought we were going to be talking about here with Willie Gay as this uber-athletic big linebacker coming into the fold. Listen, I've been spun in circles on this whole linebacker thing. When the Chiefs drafted Willie Gay, I thought he was going to need some time. The way they came out and talked about him, I didn't like how they were mentioning him at Sam and the usage it may be. So like I... I, at first, didn't have super high expectations. As camp news came along and you got a little bit of highlights, it seemed like Willie Gay was having a great camp. I thought he was going to come out and take over a starting role. And then all of a sudden, the past couple weeks, it seems like Ben Neiman has been kind of pushed out there into everyone's face as frequently as possible. And as much as I wanted to ignore it and think it was just kind of a smokescreen, he does look bigger. He's getting reps with the base defense, and he's the only guy getting reps with the first-team dime defense. I don't know how you replace that guy and also have zero expectation that he might eat into some nickel reps as well. It's just there seems to be a pretty good chance that Ben Neiman sees a whole lot of reps at linebacker for this team. Like Craig says, he looks a lot bigger this year, and that was a big issue. It was like a a common thing to be thrown around that Ben Neiman kind of looked like a kicker in the locker room. Like multiple Mm -hmm. people had reported that. Bad body. It looks like he looks bigger. He looks a little stronger. I still question the athleticism a lot, especially for your athletic linebacker position. But for all intents and purposes, he seems like a smart kid. He seems like a kid. He seems like a smart guy, understands multiple linebacker positions. He knows what to do. He's trusted by the defense. He's going to play a lot of football at linebacker for the Chiefs this year. Good or bad, he's going to be out there in multiple different scenarios. What are we doing here? I just, like, I we saw this man cover when he was lighter. I, that's what I don't understand is, like, as a, like, he's getting coverage reps. A lot of, you know, it, he couldn't cover when he was, he looked like a punter. And now we, we're getting a bigger version of him and we're expecting him to move better? That's not typically how that works. So they put weight on him and he can't cover. Uh, and now what? Now what? Like, I, I don't understand it. And the, I... I don't know. I we're gonna. I have. I have a conspiracy theory here, uh, and it's may it may it may be pie in the sky, but we'll get there in a second. But Maddie, I think you have something else on Benny. Yeah. Before we get to your conspiracy theory, I just wanted to jump back in. I think that we have to talk a little bit about Ben Neiman's chance at overtaking Damian Wilson reps in the nickel. Like I think your base Buffalo nickel, your base big nickel that the Chiefs run, Damian Wilson makes a lot of sense because he provides some run defense and at least you know understanding of zone coverage but if you're trusting Ben Neiman to be your dimebacker you trust him to be your best coverage linebacker you trust him to be your base will so you trust him to be your best backside linebacker versus the run 
At what point do you say, okay, it makes no sense to take him off the field in the nickel, especially if we're expecting a pass out of this personnel grouping? I think you just have to be on the lookout for Ben Neiman to break into almost a full-time linebacker role. I don't love it. It's just It doesn't make a lot of sense to have a guy play in your base and then only in your dime and not be kind of your weak side linebacker in the nickel. And it doesn't make any sense, but I will say this. To start the year last year, Damian Wilson was the Buffalo Buck. And Darren Lee was the base will. Now, Darren Lee was not the dime linebacker. That was still Ben Neiman. So you didn't have it kind of on opposite sides here. But you did see a situation where the base will, your most athletic guy, was not your primary go-to nickel linebacker. And frankly, that's it seems like they're trending that way. They just also believe that Ben Neiman can do the things that he needs to do to kind of reassume that dime linebacker role that he played last year, even though we saw some games that it wasn't so great for Ben Neiman. Uh, I have a conspiracy theory that I'm going to un- unwrap, uh, but we're going to take a break real quick and, and I'll unleash it right after this. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. doing our insta reaction of the only practice that we've been able to see in any real capacity and we just got done talking about ben neiman playing in the base in the dime now it's time to talk about willie gay jr where is he he got like four reps the entire day very limited all with the twos i have a conspiracy theory here because there's a there's been a lot of buzz about Willie Gay coming out of Arrowhead. I think they're I think I think they I think they I think the Chiefs are playing a little coy here. I think that they are hiding Willie Gay Jr. They did a mic'd up for him. They did a whole highlight reel. They've been profiling him all over the place. And then all of a sudden it comes to the actual first practice that anyone gets to see. And they just trot him out like four times the entire practice. Something doesn't seem right with me there. I think Willie Gay Jr. might be getting more run than we think. I think they're playing a little coy. This might be a little bit of gamesmanship. This is the one guy they decide to have a little gamesmanship with. I don't think they can do it across the board for everyone. But I do think in this particular instance, they might be doing that a little bit. Because 
Willie Gay is hands down a better coverage player than all these guys. I have seen Willie Gay. There's been like one highlight that they've shown, and I've seen Willie Gay make a play on the ball better than any other linebacker on their roster. So explain that to me, why the hands down best coverage player that they have isn't getting any reps there. I think that they're playing a little coy here. This is what happens when you get cooked by eight yards on the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire <laughs> angle route out of the backfield. In the it was one half line speed. And he, look, the real speed that he took, he, he made a play on the out route earlier in camp. So, Matt, I, Matt's I getting a blood boiling here. I love Ken's conspiracy theory here because he is so riled up that Willie Gay was only seeing reps in the second team and that Ben Neiman and Damian Wilson and Anthony Hitchens and everybody else is playing over him. And, like, I can buy in a little bit because Willie Gay really did seem to get less reps than just about every other linebacker. Like, he didn't seem to get a lot of work today, and based on everything else we've seen from camp, that's kind of odd because he's a young guy, he needs the reps, and he's looked good when everyone's talked about him. I could believe it more if Ben Neiman was playing. It sounds like Ben Neiman's your backup Mike linebacker. I could believe it more that they are planning to have Willie Gay be unleashed once the season starts and get more reps if Ben Neiman was getting all of the backup Mike reps in practice, but it didn't seem like he was. It doesn't seem like they're preparing Ben Neiman to just be a backup guy that fills in all these roles. He's getting a lot of reps in these starting positions. It's just hard for me to see who Willie Gay replaces to get on the field unless it's Damian Wilson, which would be a complete turn of events from any Thing we thought up until this point counter counter conspiracy here uh-oh ben neiman knows all the roles already you don't have to teach ben neiman any of the roles here you're just trying to get willie gay integrated with the team and so if kent's conspiracy theory is correct here that would mean that we're going to show ben neiman working as the will knowing full well and good that Damian Wilson can kick over there like he did last year, or Willie Gay can step up into that role. We'll see. I also don't believe Kent's conspiracy theory either. I think that they're <laughs> going to start with Ben Neiman as the will, and we're going to see Willie Gay unfortunately rolled in slowly as he gets up to the speed. But again, it's hard to take anything from a practice where there were no pads and there were half speed, but we did get to see a little bit of the depth chart here. I feel like that's really the big takeaway is just looking at who's lining up with who. And there's obviously probably some 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 trickeration going on and some protecting, I think. I really do think that there's some gamesmanship going on by the Chiefs because they know what they're going through trying to I find little bits of information about the Texans. I think the Texans are doing everything they can to try to find out as little information here and there from the Chiefs. Uh, one of the other things that I thought was interesting, Marcus Kemp. I feel like he's got a way better chance of making the roster than we think, and it's because of Dave Tobe, largely. But we also saw Marcus Kemp getting run with the ones. We saw him getting in on several plays with that kind of back three of the of the of this of the wide receiver rotation. I find that extremely interesting. Uh, Marcus Kemp is beloved by Dave Tobe. I think he's beloved by this organization, frankly. He's finally healthy. He comes in for a tryout. He looks good. You see him working with the first team special teams a little bit, and you get to see him working with Patrick Mahomes. I feel like that is a positive indicator, at least for Marcus Camp's chances of making this football team. 
I think that every receiver saw reps with the ones. I don't think Marcus Camp was the only depth guy to do it. I feel like they rotated in skill positions the entire time. I saw Fortson was in there with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, every receiver at one point in time was rolled in there. They were getting everybody off. Now, Marcus Camp. I think that was more- Kemp. I don't think that was Fortson. I yeah, think I don't it was think Kemp. Fortson rolled in with the I ones. Mean, Okay, he, it was Pringle, all it was all Byron Marcus Pringle, Kemp. Garrett Dieter definitely did. So I mean, yeah. I lumped Fortson in there. So I mean, there's your six. There's your six, though, right? I don't, I don't agree. I think they're putting Marcus Kemp on the field because he just got to camp like a week ago. They have less reps on him than everybody else. They're running him through the field more than everybody else. You saw your first team return. You saw your first punt return team, and it was Shelton Mosley was your returner. You had Antonio Hamilton was one of your vices. Marcus Kemp was nowhere to be seen on the field. You just had Dave Tobe talk about your starting gunners being Byron Pringle and Antonio Hamilton. If Kim doesn't have a locked-in starting special teams role as a gunner or a vice, he can't return, he can't play receiver, I don't see what he's providing to the team. It seems like he's lost his special teams role to guys that are simply better athletes and better players at all facets of the game. If he makes a team, I'll be surprised. I just think this was a situation where a guy later in camp got there. They're trying to get more reps for him than anybody else, so he rotated in a little bit more often. But, I mean, we'll see. They do. They have shown an affinity for Marcus Kemp in the past. I just think Pringles emerged as a very good special teams player that can do all of the same stuff and be a better receiver than Kemp. Yeah, and I think that Pringles probably wide receiver five. If they're keeping six, I think that's when... Kemp starts to factor in here, but one of the guys, Maddie mentioned him there, Justice Shelton Mosley was the first guy up to receive kicks. He took the first one from Tommy Townsend and put it down the side without being untouched. Again, half speed, no pads, all of that. But I mean, he was a guy that I had kind of tagged early on here this offseason as a potential returner. This is a guy that, if he makes the team, might allow Andy Reid to use McCall Hardman a little bit more, offer up a little more in the return game. Dave Tobe kind of tried to downplay it a little bit, but then he's the first guy up. So it's hard to kind of look at that. I will say, Justice Shelton Mosley got exactly zero reps with the first team offense. So he... He would not be a factor at all in the offense here. You're just keeping him for special teams, but we've seen that before out of Dave Tobe, so you can't put anything past him. If you're planning on using McCall Hardman more on offense, Shelton Mosley makes the team. If Shelton Mosley doesn't make the team, I don't think you're seeing a very expanded role from McCall Hardman because it makes no sense to have him as your top returner. So I think that's something you look forward when you actually see the 53. If Shelton Mosley doesn't make it, I don't know how much more variety you're going to get out of Hardman as a wide receiver. If he does, then I think you should start to look for McCall Hardman to see more offensive reps in a wider variety of usage. One thing I think we can say for certain, I do don't think Garrick Dieter's making this football team. Like there's just really no there's really no path to to making the roster I see right now just because I no special teams. God give me him over Kemp, please. Yeah, I mean I'm not I'm not arguing with you, but that we know what Dave Tobe is up to. He's scheming. He's probably trying to sign DeAnthony Thomas right now. Like he's always perpetually trying to sign DeAnthony Thomas. Um so, speaking of Jody Fortson, I don't think I saw him with the ones. Craig doesn't think he saw him with the ones. I like I didn't see him on special teams. That doesn't seem like a good sign for a Jody Fortson, Craig. No, it, it really doesn't. You know that wide receiver six spot is going to be a special teamer, and he was just not 
a first choice guy for any of the special teams reps. He didn't really get run with the ones. He he just didn't seem part of practice there. And he was not only not running with the ones, a large amount of time he wasn't running with the twos either. He was running with the threes. And so we've we've seen and heard a lot about Jody Fortson, and he's gone up against the first team defense, which likely means that it was against the or with the twos or the threes. I think we just kind of can take a look at where he's deployed throughout all of you know the offensive and special teams packages and the writing's a little bit on the wall for him right now. The only time I like specifically saw Jody Fortson in terms of being involved with the play, it was a deep corner out and shockingly he was stacked by a corner who was faster than him and he couldn't even get to the ball to attempt to make a play on it with his excellent, you know, high point ability and ball skills. I think that's pretty much shows you exactly what Jody Fortson gives you when you're not within the five yard line running fade routes in contested catch situations. And we didn't get to see every special team rep. They definitely did a lot of cutting away from the practice field for a lot of the special team stuff. But the ones we did see, I didn't see Fortson out there again either. I hope, he just seems like such a long shot to make a roster because of the athletic limitations. You really have to be in a position where you can use an entire roster spot on a guy that has a very limited usage in totality, not just on offense, but for your whole team, out of every rep, he's seeing sub 5% of your reps only in the red zone near the goal line. It's just, I don't think the Chiefs can afford, or Dave Tobe won't let them afford that kind of uh, position for a guy that can't play special teams for him. I just want to butt in and say me condoning for Justice Shelton Mosley is the same as Jody Fortson on offense there. Very, very incredibly limited role. So I, right. I realize that we talk about Justice Shelton Mosley and then throw Jody Fortson away. We're not. Like, it is a very limited role. I think that that's wide receiver six, though. Well, yeah, and maybe maybe the Jody Fortson, maybe Jody Fortson's getting kind of hid today because they're trying to protect him the same way, you know, like with Bill Gay, with Willie Gay. I keep calling him Bill Gay. I That's just what I call him. But Willie Gay Jr., for instance, you know, they're they're trying to play coy. Maybe they're trying to play coy and, and keep the the buzz down on Jody Fortson because they really do love him. They just want to keep him around so that he may not make the roster, but he they want to keep him on the practice squad or you know one of those. It's some gamesmanship like that seems more like if they want him, they want they're trying to protect him because Jody Fortson's probably not figuring into the game plan very much. There's just too many uber talented players ahead of him that he's gonna actually you know, figure into the game plan, but maybe they want to kind of keep the buzz down on him because there has been so much buzz about him. They're trying to keep him from getting poached. They want to keep him in the building. Um, real quick, just a couple notes I saw. It was cool to see Juan Thornhill getting some reps in the, in that, in those periods. It was all half speed, but playing deep, you know, they were, he was working in, he was working in, he, he was against the ones he got on the field with Tyron Matthew. And it was cool to see Tyron Matthew, like high fived him and like, was like hyped to have him out there, even though it was, you know, pretty much half speed. Um, yeah, so just a couple notes there, and I did see, you know, like you know, there's there's limited takeaways of on the field for performance, but like Tedrick Thompson playing as a deep safety did get over the top of a he of had a an interception sideline. Yeah. He had an interception that was actually, I mean, that's one of the few takeaways I think you can have because he was he was moving and he got there, uh, and it's it's hard to Speed get there. Slowed up the receiver. Didn't play well there. Yeah, there you go. Uh, it was a good little play. Um, um, as far as defense goes, Dorian O'Daniel was definitely in that second, third team 
reps area, you know, splitting a little bit of reps between the two, but he definitely seems more like a depth guy. I know some fans still kind of are holding out that he can pick it up, and hopefully he's still getting better with the second year in the system, but he was didn't seem like he was close to breaking into the first team reps. I think we saw Tano Passanio got almost all of the first team defensive reps at defensive end across from Frank Clark besides a couple where he kicked inside. I'm trying to think of any other big takeaways that we could Levert, have from Levert such Hill played a, the slot a lot with like the twos. He did get some, you know. I, I think he's closer to making the team than some others. I still think he's probably a. I think he's a. I think he's a a practice squad guy though. Colin Saunders ran with the ones, kind of split reps with Derek Nottie there. I, I think they're probably trying to ease Derek Nottie in, but Saunders was the choice when they when they got that opportunity. And Mike Rimmers is your backup at left tackle, right guard, left guard, and right tackle. Did I say right tackle? Both tackle spots and both guard spots. He yeah. is your ba- He has been seen as your backup at all four of those positions right now. The only position I'm assuming he doesn't back up is center. So just, that's worth noting because the Chiefs right now were a little thin on guys that have shown the ability to play in the NFL on the offensive line. If Osimile or anybody else can't go and you get more than one of those guys at once, you're going to get a very inexperienced player jumping on board because Rimmers is the first guy called up at all of the positions. All right, that is going to do it for the Insta reaction from Chiefs training camp. We will be back on Monday, as always, with the AP Laboratory Mailbag. Thank you guys so much for listening, uh, and we'll catch you later. Rest in power, Chadwick Boatsman.